here we are. Once again, people, uh, we're live on air, and uh, we are here again today for a double whammy, a second show in a row. I know it's never been done before in the history of crypto radio. I'm not sure if there is a history of crypto radio, radio is there? I don't think so. But uh, we're here today with uh, a technology in the, in the blockchain space that has been surviving through thick and thin. Uh, it has been interrogated, it has been harassed, and still it has, it has come out on top. And it's come out on top because of one simple reason. They're still here. So, uh, and I feel like Morpheus when I say that. Uh, <laughs> we have Sinkist on with us. Uh, Sinkist, you're, you're the de developer for Block Blocknet? Um, no, I am on the core team. All right. Uh, Sync is, is a develop uh, is a is on the core team, which is like a a, a manager. Yeah, you can also call me by my my real name, which is Alan Culwick. Alan. <laughs> we Alan? um we've been public about our names for well for the entire duration of the project. All right, uh, Alan, right? Alan. Um. Alan. Like. If you take the, the fish, the marlin, and just don't say the M. Arlen, gotcha. Yeah. All right, Arlen. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, Blocknet, uh, Blocknet, from what I understand, is a platform, right? Uh -huh. And the platform, it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, all-inclusive. Uh, coins can be added to this platform, correct? Yes, it's completely peer-to-peer, -peer, so it, it doesn't um, it doesn't really require any one central entity adding something or coding anything to get um, one coin or another coin interoperating with it. Um, currently, if a coin is based on Bitcoin Core or the Ethereum code base, then it's unless you've customized things, it'll work out of the box. So is this a custom, uh, a custom written uh, well, base code base? Yes, it's it's not a wallet though. Um, the project is about inter-blockchain interoperability. So um, if it were completed and mature, you could deliver any kind of any kind of digital service. It'll just be a generic service bus from nodes on. For on any blockchain to nodes on any other blockchain. Um, so, you know, the delivery of data of any kind, whether that's, um, well, basically just imagine sort of mobile apps and think of all the many services that are delivered through a mobile app. Um, maybe imagine a few strange ones in the future and you've got something like what we're aiming at. Um, but anyway, to, to, so what, what, what we're your... doing at the moment is um, we're still building out the core components. And the thing that we're pushing right now is our decentralized exchange components. And we're going to bring that to the public as something that your average trader can use with a nice, friendly UI and a great trading experience. You still there? So... I'm I'm new to the world of crypto, right? I'm a new guy. I have no idea what's going on in this world, and Blocknet just comes my way. Uh, what do you think the real world use for uh, for Blocknet will be? For say, I'm I'm an average kid in high school, high school or or college. 
uh, what what do you think the the potential for me utilizing this will be for? What's like the purpose of it? Well, I guess um, I guess our project is more infrastructural than anything else. Uh, it we it wasn't it wasn't envisaged as something that end users need to directly be aware of at all. Uh, you know, I mean, TCP/IP or you know, any of these sort of internet layers, you don't have to know a thing about them or how they work in order to use them every day. And the blocknet is, is, is about that. I mean, the core challenge, as, as I see it, is that when blockchains came into being, they, they you know, it, it made possible some very radical things like being able to send payments without any third parties involved and being able to prove that a payment was made um, it, it, it enabled you to do this sort of thing without having to trust the person you were paying or the person paying you. Um, right. And it did that with incredible resilience and robustness and um, a fairly high degree of privacy. And everyone got very excited about that. But the thing is, if you achieve that um, and then you try to build out this whole ecosystem with a bunch of traditional type services, you end up sacrificing the security of or the security properties of, of blockchains in the process. Um, and I guess it kind of defeats the point in, in a lot of cases of, of having a blockchain in the first place when that happens. So the blocknet's vision is about preserving the security properties of blockchains across blockchains when you're moving between one and another. That's, that's more or less what we're aiming at. So, so we're, we're looking more of a, this is a technology of interest uh, for people, for, it's more of an inf infrastructure, correct? Uh, that people yeah. can utilize. Uh, like, so, so if, if, I have, uh, if I have a business and I uh, say I have a, a shoe business, right? I sell shoes. Uh, not, not like Al Bundy, but, you know, mm -hmm. I sell shoes. I own the shop. Uh, and I wanted to utilize or find some type of inf infrastructure where I can make payments uh, decentralized with it. Uh, you know, we'll come to anon the anonymous version later. Uh, mm -hmm. Would I be able to use Blocknet to, to make transactions uh, utilizing, uh, you know, maybe current currencies? Or would I have to transfer to Bitcoin and then utilize your technology to transfer currency? Well, it, I mean, it depends on whether you're thinking in terms of what you can do currently and what you're capable of building using the blocknet. Uh, currently, we have a decentralized exchange which can work between one wallet and another wallet. And given what it what it can interoperate with, that's something like 99% of all blockchains out there. Uh, oh, nice. But um, it doesn't do, you know, any kind of service at all yet. We need to keep going and keep building the thing. And I mean, that's, you know, as I see it, um, if you take, say, the current atomic exchange protocol for trading one, uh, for one, one coin for another, and um, in addition to the sending over of a coin in the one direction, or maybe instead of sending a coin with any amount other than just the transaction fee, you send a data payload or 
perhaps you send um, a key that will enable you to unlock a file and and view it or something like that. I mean, that, that will give you, just with a very simple thing like that, it gives you the ability to provide services across blockchains with um, with no centralization, no need to trust any sort of third parties. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, just with a simple thing like that, you've already achieved, we would have, have already achieved a lot, a lot of what we set out to do. So, so this decentralized uh, exchange really interests me because, uh, you know, the biggest problem in the crypto space now is centralized exchanges. Uh, you know, we, we yeah. have we have robberies left and right, right? We got we got exchanges going down from theft, and we you know it's it's a big problem. And uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of unbelievable. It, it, from what you know, a lot of people are claiming uh, to have a decentralized exchange. Uh, I, I'm hearing it all the time now. Uh, you know, we we've had Supernet uh, say they're doing it. You know, and they do. They have one, and you know, but but my biggest problem. My biggest problem with all these uh, decentralized exchanges is we need to have it user friendly. Uh, you know, a normal mm. person is not going to figure out how to make exchanges through curls. You know, it's it's Indeed. not gonna it's not gonna work. It, it, they're not gonna figure. It, no, no one's gonna take the time. Uh, everybody wants a one button solution. You know, so it, you know if how does how does the the block the blocknet decentralized exchange work? Okay, well. When it comes to a one-button solution, that's exactly what we want. I think um, it's really important to to not surface any of the complicated stuff to someone who just wants to trade. A trader will need some good tools, like some decent charting, the right order types, and the ability to basically press a button and have it execute without you know any complications. Um, that is the current emphasis of our project, which is just to bring out a really good front end that is, is nice to use and feels great. Um, but I also think that in order for you to even be prepared to take that step, it's also necessary to do the do your homework, so to speak. Um, I, I guess I haven't really seen a decentralized exchange brought out that is satisfactory on technical terms, going by my maybe quite personal standards. Gotcha. I mean, for example, I've never seen a decentralized exchange before this that um, gave you the four, the following four things. Firstly, no need to deposit your coins at some central entity. Secondly, no need to rely on some centralized order book. Uh, right, thirdly, yes. no no need to rely on some central way of matching orders. And finally, no need to rely on some central way of exchanging coins. Those, those four components are what goes on with every exchange. And I've seen a lot of, a lot of projects um, basically discover, say, um, an atomic coin exchange protocol and then implement that and get all excited. But, uh, you know, I guess, after a shortish while, they realize that orders need to go out somehow and they try one thing or another. And I mean, some people have centralized that other people have tried to put that on a blockchain and discovered how slow it is and also that it enables miners to front run. Um, I mean, there are a lot of problems to solve and choosing the right protocols and the right architecture to achieve this is, is not trivial and it's 
I guess that's why it's taken us a long time and why it just is homework you need to do before you can bring something simple that really works and really is secure and really is decentralized. Right. It also goes, it goes along with uh, funding and, you know, uh, developers and that's what, you know, that's what shortens time. Right. But, uh, yeah. Tell us about your team. Uh, who's, who's on the team? And uh, you know who do, what kind of skills do they have? All right. Well, it's a small team. It started out with a lot of people involved to an extent, but uh, you know, I mean, there, there there were a good nine coins kind of in, involved to some extent in the blocknet. But it turned out that there were basically there was basically Dan, the founder, Dan Metcalf, um, whose whose idea this was doing the coding work and it was me doing the kind of coordinating of people and talking about how are we going to build this thing and you know as things went i got increasingly into design and you know the, the more technical sides of things um and you know at, 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 at every point dan has also had um some other coders that he that he contracts to do various pieces of work as well um, and so the team basically comes down to Dan and I, and then whichever developers he is also getting involved to do various bits and pieces. Pretty small team. I see. So you're, you're, you'll at times contract out to uh, to get some some other work done. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Dan Dan is a an experienced architect, and uh, I mean, when you think like an architect, there's there's no need to. For example, write something when it's already written by someone else or spend your time doing some really kind of random, easy, but but time-consuming work when you can get someone else to do that work, um, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's it really it really makes a lot of sense to, to get other people to do that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Uh, break, break down for me how... Uh, how like what's the structure of blocknet what's this x bridge all right um it's it's not that obvious to to talk about a platform and and think of the blocknet in terms of i guess how most people visualize platforms because it's not really hierarchical um let's say that at the bottom, if there is really a bottom to this, there are whatever wallets you're running on your local PC. Um, if they're not strictly wallets, they could be any kind of app that um, is running some kind of a wallet in it, but you need not necessarily use it as a wallet. Um, in addition to that, there is our XBridge peer-to-peer application. That will connect to the wallets via the wallets APIs. So Bitcoin Core has an API, um, and pretty much every single wallet based on it out there has exactly the same API. Okay. And so XBridge is, gets configured to connect to these wallets. Um, then what XBridge runs is a couple of components. The first thing is a DHT overlay. It's an, it's a, it's a, a network overlay that runs across all the nodes running XBridge P2P. And those are, each one of course is in turn connected to one or more wallets. And so what you end up getting is a peer-to-peer -peer network across any User number of blockchains. Out. 
Did someone just drop yeah. out of the connection? Yeah, it's all right. We, we have some guests here. I guess some will oh, pop right. in, some will pop out. I haven't, oh, figured I, out okay. to, I haven't figured out how to shut that voice off yet. <laughs> all right, but okay, so you have this overlay, which is an inter-blockchain network. Um, and what its function is, is, is to be a router. We were calling it the blockchain router. And as far as I'm aware, there actually isn't anything else that's been invented so far that functions as a blockchain router. So we're, we're quite proud of that. Um, that's, that's Dan's work, and um, I hope one day he gets some really good recognition for that. I'm sure you um, will. You just got to keep up with it. I, I believe that, you know, it's, it's important to say, stay consistent uh, yes. and, and to keep in constant communications with people's concerns. Yes. Um, all right, so that's the one component. The, another component is um, an end-to-end -end encrypted peer-to-peer -peer messaging protocol. This enables you to send data from one peer directly to another uh, with a really, really high degree of privacy and security. So this can be used for um, the delivery of some data in a service. If, if it's convenient to do so, it's, uh, it can be used for messaging, email type stuff, instant messaging, chat, that sort of thing. Um, and it works directly on our, in our, in our infrastructure without you having to build some other thing for whatever inter-blockchain app you might want to build. And then um, that's the second component. And then the third one is the, the BlockNet's blockchain itself. Now, um, that is a useful thing for monetizing services. So, um, for example, if uh, App A delivers a service to App B, for example, um, then right. to send it across the network involves using the overlay and using our messaging protocol. And, um, well, if they're going to pay for it, then that gets converted over the, um, over the network to block tokens, block net tokens. Right. And that in turn puts an amount of buy pressure on the token. And once it's converted to block, it gets distributed across the network so that if you are part of the network, then you earn block. And uh, so, so these tokens, these are these tokens called Blocknet uh, tokens, or yeah, on on exchanges, their symbol is Block B L O C K, um, and I guess the normal name for them is Blocknet tokens. And what what type of uh, like how how would somebody get some of these tokens if they wanted to get some? Uh, is there is there some type of mining algorithm? Is it proof of stake? It's it's entirely proof of stake. Um, you can purchase them on exchanges at the moment. Um, if you fire up the decentralized exchange of ours, you might also find somebody selling some block. What 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 is that? What's the decentralized exchange? I, I mean, what you know? How, how would somebody access that? Uh, well, to get it, you need to download XBridge P two P. That's available on our website, and you need to run at least two wallets. So for example, Bitcoin and the BlockNet wallet. So once, you've, once, once you have those both running, um, then probably easiest to join Slack because of course we haven't released some simple one-click type trading app yet. It still requires a bit of manual configuration. 
Um, but basically, you get XBridge P2P to talk to the wallets, and off you go and make some trades. Nice, and that's blocknet.co, right? Like there's in Charlie Austin. Yes. Blocknet.co. Yes. And how would they be able to join your Slack if they wanted to join Slack? Um, well, apart from emailing me or something, um, we have an auto sign up form. So if you go to blocknet.herokuapp.com, uh, you'll get a little auto sign up and you just put your email address in there and then and, and you can join like that. Oh, very, very cool. Very cool. Is it? I, I heard, uh, you know, and I've been following Blacknet for a long time. Uh, I, th- I think ever since almost the beginning of uh, the platform started, uh, there was some talk about uh, storage, decentralized storage. Is that is that like in the plan, or is that already made? That's that's something that people can build on our on our technology. I mean, at the time. I was thinking of a, a project like Storage. I mean, that, I, I follow that project and it's a very interesting thing and I love the idea. Um, but, you know, it occurred to us that, well, how useful are any of these projects going to be ultimately if in order to use it, you have to download their entire blockchain first to get a file? Um, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's, it's too much friction, right. really. It's so right. It'll take a lot what of if they yeah, I mean, what if they could, you know, use their community to to run their network of nodes, but offer that service across to apps on 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 different blockchains, and possibly apps that just are traditional centralized mobile apps. I mean, I don't know. The, the important thing, of course, is just to have a secure delivery mechanism that can work across one from one blockchain to another, and that's the component that we want to we want to provide. Got it. So this is like a, a more of a develop a developer's paradise. You know, if they wanted to accomplish something, you're providing an infrastructure to get that done. Yes, I think uh, I think we're hoping to make it a developer's paradise when it's done. At the moment, it's 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 a monolithic app. Um, it's about just delivering the decentralized exchange technology in a way that works. Um, and as the project matures, it'll look more and more like a platform. Um, I, I guess, yeah, uh, I was going to say something complicated, but uh, I won't bother getting into it. <laughs> well, you know, this is just an introduction. You know, we could always get more into in, We could have another show where we could get more into the nitty gritty technicals, which is more geeky. So, you know, not many people will, will understand this. So we just want to understand the idea of blockchain yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of the idea of it, I think I still think we're kind of you know the, 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 there'll be a time when this blockchain industry realizes that inter-blockchain interoperability is an absolute necessity for any of the stuff to work um, i mean blockchains bloat inexorably they are not mobile friendly they're not modular they're not amenable therefore to developing a microservices type architecture um, they're not you can't build a netflix for example, on on a blockchain, it just it's just the wrong type of thing to use. And Actually, so, unless people start doing this interoperability thing, unless start that people start really having a good way of delivering services across blockchains, it's 
it's just not going to work. They won't, blockchains will not achieve their potential. So that's what we're here doing. And I'm, I'm hoping that when people all realize that we're the first game in town and maybe the only game in town and everybody starts using us. What, uh, as far as the first game in town, what, what, what game would that be? Into blockchain interoperability. Into blockchain interoperability. I'm new. I have no idea what that means, but uh, <laughs> into well, blockchain think, interoperability. Yeah, I think that at some point we will move into what you might call the inter-blockchain era, where everyone realizes that it just doesn't make sense to think you can have like enough going on in one blockchain to do what blockchains are supposed to be doing. Correct. You're just going to have to network them. And that's what our technology does. Yep, I envision a a future where uh, blockchains will be specific to their utility. So, you know, there will be a blockchain for everything. You know, you you have uh, a personal mortgage with a certain bank. There'll be a blockchain for that. Maybe even managed by uh, that new Waves thing. Or, or you you said uh, Netflix. Yeah. You know, Netflix uh, type of uh, blockchain. You know, that's not out. But you know what? There is a. I believe it's called the LBRY library, and they're they're creating oh, okay. a they're creating a decentralized YouTube. I mean, it, it, uh, another example right. maybe would be, uh, how about your health, right? Your health. Uh, yeah. You go, you go to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, right? And then over time, you lose touch with doctors. Your, your records get lost. But how about if your health was on a blockchain? You know, your records of, you know, tests and uh, things that, you know, uh, ailments and, uh, you know, issues you've had are all on the block now where one doctor could take a look at your, your blockchain, you're specific to you, your health blockchain, your medical mm-hmm. blockchain, and know everything about you just by looking at your whole life on the blockchain in regards just to the medical blockchain, you know? So I, I, think, yeah. that there, I think there will be so many blockchains at one point, uh, you know, being used for specific purposes that, uh, like you said, interoperability will be the goal of getting them all to work together. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there, there have been some, some projects so far that, that do recognize that they need to get services from a blockchain to somewhere else. But, you know, in every single case, what they do is they just resort to the usual web protocols to do that. Um, but the thing is, those protocols are not secure. It, immediately as you do that, you've sacrificed almost the whole point of a blockchain. <laughs> and you might as well just have used a normal database in, in a lot of these cases and not bothered with these complicated blockchains. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, when, when people start, start realizing that some services need to be secure, some services need to be private, right. some services cannot be centralized in order for them to be what they are, then they're going to have to start thinking through the problems that we've been thinking through. And right. they'll either figure them out themselves or they'll just come and use us. Right, and, blo- and blockchain is, is the most secure. And on top of it, uh, you know, you don't want it to be centralized because uh, case scenario, uh, a doctor loses your medical records. Actually, you know what, let's be honest here, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a doctor, after 10 years, has the right to throw your medical records in the garbage. I don't know how it works everywhere I else. I didn't know that. In, in the United States, because I had a personal issue where a doctor did something to me personally and when I was younger that affected me later on and huh. I couldn't prove that they gave me a specific drug 
when I was young. Because after 10 years, they're allowed to throw your records in the garbage. And so, so they have no proof of, of, of something. So, you know, lesson learned. If yeah. you have kids, you make sure that you, you, you have the right to go to your doctor and get a copy of all your records. Uh, and make sure you, yeah. you, you retain those yourself. But you know what? On a blockchain, yeah. if it was on a blockchain, we wouldn't have this problem because it would always be there. And you don't want it centralized like that because a, a doctor could take it and just throw it in the garbage. What is that? You know, if it, if it's decentralized, yeah. it's always there. There's no one person that's in control of your medical history. So yeah, it's a scary thought, isn't it? It, it it's it's actually horrible. It, it really is a horrible thing. Um, yeah. But, but no, the on, idea that there's a store there that's that's publicly available and can't be changed by anyone is is very powerful. Although in the case of the medical thing, um, you would also want to retain the ability to um, give permission to someone to see it, to see a, a given record. And if you didn't give them permission, they couldn't see it at all because it's private data. That's a, that's a bit of a curveball for, for blockchains to, to do, actually. Yeah, so yeah, but moving on from that, uh, I believe that there is other technologies within BlockNet that... Uh, Right? Uh, you guys are working on, uh, what, what was that? Um, well, uh, oh, I, I guess I, the one I, thing... It was uh, yeah. multi-escrow, multi-escrow? Multi-sig escrow, I'm sorry, multi-sig escrow of oh. funds. Well, um, that's not something we're currently working on. Um, oh, okay. But the immediate context was since since my mind is on this decentralized exchange um i really i really would love to do um, margin trading on a decentralized exchange one day and so i'm imagining a future where um there is no central provider of liquidity for people to trade with margin There's, no one would you wouldn't want to to centralize in order to give people capital that they can go and trade with you'd want kind of a peer-to-peer crowdfunded supply of, of, of capital to, to trade on margin. Um, and so, I mean, I, I don't know if you trade on Bitfinex, but, and they're centralized, and well, they got hacked recently, but in their early days, and I, I remember being really impressed by the fact that anyone, any of their account holders could go and just put up capital for margin trading and get paid interest on that. Um, and I think well, technically to achieve that in a peer-to-peer -peer way would involve converting our, um, our coin exchange protocol to something that is multi-sig and uh, so that when you enter a position, you're a signer, the person providing the capital is also another signer and then of course the recipient of whoever, you know, whoever's buying your order, whoever's bought your order um, right. is, is, the, is the, the, other, the other party involved there. Um, it's just a matter of getting the rules right and making sure that you know right and I, work I, for I believe, the use cases i believe that that multi-sig technology is is important it's really hard to get from what i understand it's it's really difficult for any platform at the moment to implement because it's just too complicated for any average person to use so hmm. And, and that's that's the problem. Uh, you know, you got to you got to get the key. You got to send it to somebody else. It's just too complicated for people to utilize a multisig. But I do believe that one day multisig will be a staple for contracts. 
and uh, you know it, hmm. it it'll probably do away with lawyers. You won't need lawyers to to you know you know secure your contracts. You know when you got multi sig around. I actually think we're 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 all set up to use this. I mean, the the thing about multi sig is it requires passing a transaction around from you know one party to another and building this transaction up as each party signs and that's really complicated because you might have to use sort of email for it or something and you know kind of pass this this jumble of script around in an email without messing up the formatting or having any funny characters get introduced and without anyone kind of intercepting the the email and <laughs> doing awful things with it right it's it's a scary possibility but the thing is the blocknet has a peer to peer end to end encrypted messaging protocol which can be automated to pass these things around so that no one has to deal with the script directly all they do is they press the sign button and off it goes and that is that public like if i sent a message would that be public or uh-huh. or do, would everybody be able to see my my message or do i have the option to uh, you know keep it a secret the the messaging protocol is is between one party and another party directly there is no one else involved not even it doesn't use a blockchain it uses basically elliptic curve diffie hellman um and it uses the dht overlay elliptic curve and dht overlay all right so you lost me there but that's all right Sorry. that's the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the geeky stuff behind the technology guys uh so we're going to stay away from that for now until we maybe we'll get a more technical interview later. Uh, so, so we could, uh, we could, what, like, do, do you see yourself working with, with other, other partners, maybe technologies, uh, you know, to congregate? You know, uh, you know, assist in interoperability of blockchains. Say for oh, actually, I, I think you already have that, right? What 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 other what other technologies coins are are, are being used on the blockchain uh, on Blocknet blockchain at the moment? Well, there are a few, and, and we are absolutely open to working with other people. And if, if a project wants to wants to use our tech, we're more than happy to get involved and give them advice and spend time explaining how the thing works and and how best they might want to use it. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, the inter blockchain era is radically non non traditional. People people don't generally understand it yet, and it takes it takes a learning curve. Um, but I do think it's coming. I do think it's necessary, and we're here to to help people over the bump. Uh, the projects that are currently active and part of the blocknet are Xcurrency, Horizon, Stealthcoin, Bitswift, Bitnation, and Ethereum, and of course Bitcoin. But you know that goes without saying. Eth- Ethereum? You have Ethereum on it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, that's awesome. Quite a while ago, um, we got in touch with the uh, the ETH Dev people. I had a bunch of meetings in London and they were, they were really nice to work with and uh, we, we announced it in our blog and on a couple of, of crypto news sites um, yeah I mean the, it was it was good um, it, it doesn't it didn't mean you know some sort of close partnership because obviously we're, we're at an early stage and um, you know it, it's it's you first have to build a road before you can encourage people to drive their vehicles on it so, so to speak 
But yeah, uh, we have been testing Ethereum on the decentralized exchange. Um, it's, as far as I know, pretty much ready to go. You know, he, hearing you say this, I imagine that we're going to have quite a, once this, you know, pulls through and comes to the surface, I imagine we're going to have a lot of decentralized exchanges, you know, with different technologies, you know, Waves is working on a decentralized exchange, uh, you know, uh, what is it, BitShares, uh, you know, there's a lot of technologies out there that they're working on decentralized exchanges also, and none of them have come to fruition yet, where, you know, somebody could use it, but I imagine yeah. there's going to be so many uh, like we have exchanges right now, right? The centralized ones. I think it's going to be the same thing, but we're yeah. going to have decentralized, you know, we're going to have so many decentralized exchanges that probably will work diff- a little differently and people will have their favorites. You know, so I, I, yeah. think, I think it might work like that eventually. Uh, you know what? You, you mentioned those coins, you know, Horizon. I know it's kind of like NXT. I, you know, I, I know a little bit, uh, but you know what interests me the, the most? Uh-huh. The BitSwift. Okay. Tell me about BitSwift. Well, BitSwift have been around for a while. Um, they, uh, I think they had a fairly explosive beginning. Um, it's, uh, it's headed up by Paul Bush. They've got this kind of business-focused approach, especially in Canada. Um, I'm just going to their website because they had a really exciting thing, and I thought I'd look it up before I got it wrong when I tried to explain it. Yeah, no problem. Take your time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking tea and eating some delicious chocolate while we while we have this conversation. Oh nice. Oh yeah. Uh, I, let me I, have think. A, I have a paradise. So you know what I make? I make a fermented tea. Oh wow. Nice. Yeah. How do you it. ferment it? Uh it, it it's a, it's called a SCOBY, S C O B Y. Okay. And uh, you put you put it in with the tea, and over time, what happens is it ends up fermenting and becomes a little more vinegary. And, oh, wow. uh, and but but it's the health benefits are amazing. I mean, and also I I think clearer. I uh, you know I, I have more energy during the day. I just try not to drink too much of it. I kind of like the. It's up to you. You you could uh, add sugar to it if you like it sweeter, but I like it vinegary because I'm not a fan okay. of sugar. But you look into yeah. it. It's, it's it's really it, it's like if you like the benefits of tea, this is like even more even more benefits. Oh, cool. It reminds me of um, kombucha. That's exactly what it is. It's kombucha. Oh, yeah. it's the same so, thing. I, yeah. thought, I thought you said something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, I didn't want to say the word because I didn't want to throw you off. But yeah, it, it, it is. <laughs> I mean, the simplest yeah, way. Yeah, a friend is, is making some. Yeah, dude, it's it, I I love it. I have different flavors over here. I have hibiscus making. I have uh, green tea, and I have uh, the regular tea, and I have white oh, tea. Oh, cool! <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I I enjoy tea. I think um, living in Oxford for four years got me really into uh, into this whole tea thing. And there's there's some amazing tea there. I've I've been big on fermentation, man. I've been fermenting. I've been growing a garden and fermenting everything. I mean, we got cool. we, we have to get fermentation on the blockchain. <laughs> Absolutely, I think um, that's going to be a really interesting uh, challenge. <laughs> I, I really, I'm, I'm so interested in the Internet of Things in general and the types of crazy hardware problems, <laughs> if that's the correct word, to, we, to kind of securely tie a given product to to the blockchain. 
<laughs> we, we have, apparently we have a lot of people in the crowd that are interested in tea. <laughs> Somebody just asked, will tea be incorporated in Blacknet? It's <laughs> <laughs> great. No, like well, I, of, I don't see why not. People. I think these are problems to solve. I mean, speaking of this, I wonder whether, um, I wonder, have you heard of a project called Provenance? No, no, what's that about? Provenance is um, basically the, uh, the tracking of supply chains on a blockchain. So for example, let's say you buy a bicycle. Um, you might want to know where the components are made or where the bicycle itself was assembled or um, who delivered it. And maybe you want to know about whether one of those parties was unethical or something like that uh, in the way that they made it or who they exploited to, to make it or maybe the where you know wherever the the raw materials came from that kind of thing so what they're doing is they're using blockchains to to log events in the in the, the production process and then obviously some software to link these all together to produce very three-dimensional pictures of the life cycle of a product um it's really quite great it's a it's a fascinating idea and i love the fact that it gives you transparency over something that is almost impossible to make transparent in normal circumstances. No, so Production processes are not, are not transparent things normally. It's sort of like an ERP that a, a warehouse corporation would use. Okay, tell me, tell me about that. You know, it handles their finances, their, uh, their debits, their credits, you know, their, all their transactions. It handles their supply and tell, you know, their, their ordering of supplies, where it comes from. You know, uh, SAP would be uh, an ERP. Uh, it, there's a lot of uh, SAPs. One of is the leader right now in ERP. Yes. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, it's it's definitely related. By the way, uh, the thing I was thinking of the BitSwift project. It's called SwiftStream. Um, basically, pays streamers for streaming media using blockchains. So. Uh, Kind of an exciting project. I think um, I think it would make for a fantastic into blockchain application. I'm very excited to see to see how it goes. But Bit, if, you, if you want to check it out, it's SwiftStream.io. SwiftStream.io. That and that's from BitSwift. Yeah. And and this will allow you to post up content and be uh, rewarded. For, for it? Kind of like YouTube, decentralized YouTube. Oh, yeah. I was saying that earlier, a library yeah. or something like that also. But yeah. I believe it's utilizing a, a, a BitTorrent to do what they have to do. Um, all right. Well, I, I know nothing about the implementation of SwiftStream, I'm afraid. It would be nice to... Uh, it would be nice to talk more about it, but I, I didn't build it, so I don't know well, about well, it. Well, maybe we could get the Smurf on soon. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Bush, I, I'd recommend it. Yeah, BitSwift Dev, uh, he, he's very active. I, I, I'm always reading. You know, I don't comment much. I just like gaining knowledge. But uh, he's, uh -huh. a, he's a very active, I see he's very active in the community. Yeah. yeah, I get the impression he's been building these business tools for a couple of years, just kind of waiting for us to finally finish our work and <laughs> be able to offer it to communities on different blockchains. I, I'm very, very excited. Good work, guys. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm really happy to see you guys continuing with your project, and you know where, where others will fall short. You know, you guys continue going through, and and uh, you know, j just a, a personal note. Uh, you know, don't forget to market, and you know, marketing is very important because nobody uh -huh. knows about this. I, 
Like if I if I wasn't involved, I'm pretty sure I would have never come by it. Uh, or, yeah. And, and also go into it. We, we just spoke to Sasha from Waves, and oh yeah. And he goes like he's got he has a mind mentality of of uh, more more business. You know, like uh, uh, target okay. something that works and, and make it that work first. And, yeah, you know, so so like instead of saying, oh, we're going to have like 10, 20 different features, you know, target one, make it work. Once that works, target the next, make it work because people want to see something that's functioning. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and we, we've seen we've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of technologies die, you know, and some of them still dying, you know, and some of them still, you know, still struggling. But uh, yeah, you know, overall, you guys, you guys are going strong, and you know, for all those people out there that you know think Blocknet has died, no, no, it it hasn't. It's been going yeah, strong. I've been going. following. I've been following them. I've been oh, watching thank them. Thank you for following. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it's really great that people do follow us because, I mean, it's it's a long project, and in in like, I mean, how a crypto year must be about a week. <laughs> You know how you get, you know, dog yeah. years and cat yeah, years. A, yeah, it's like one day. Crypto years are a very short amount of time. And most projects just don't stick around for, for very long. And um, unfortunately, most of them don't ever get oh, used, you know. I, I just realized what I was, where I was going with that, uh, that business mentality. You, we, we have yeah. other platforms out there, right? We're, we're not going to mention names. But, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, they are very technical. They're so technical. It works like this and it works like that. And it's you know, DAPs and DACs. And you know what? You got to do away with the acronyms because nobody understands that shit. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I yeah. could, I'm, I'm allowed to curse. It's my show. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you, you have to do away with the technical stuff because uh, the technical stuff, uh, nobody understands it. Oh, it works like this. It has, it, you know, you have to use this curl to, to, to get that. And, uh, you know, uh, you have to set up a no, no, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares about that stuff. That's not important. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's important is, is getting it to work, you know? So we, we've seen amazing technologies that have all these great ideas, even decentralization stuff, but you know what? They fall short because nobody understands what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's what we're at least trying to do with the decentralized exchange. I mean, you know, th thought about from the perspective of the whole project, it's the monetization aspect of it. Um, it's it's a way in which you can pay for a service in one coin, and the service provider can receive payments in a different coin. It's it's necessary for yeah. into blockchain applications, but uh, it's also something that's very useful for traders. And so that's what we're going to do. We can bring this out, make it available, make it easy to use, and we'll see how it goes. I guess. I I agree completely. Uh, so let let's get. Uh, we have some quite. We have quite a few questions here. Wow. All right. Yeah, we might want to get started here. Uh, All right. I first first let let me get to one. Uh, one person, they said, Lutz, let's talk about you. So let me tell you a little about, bit about me. Uh, I've been doing radio for about three years now. Uh, started with Veracoin, we went to Supernet, we went to, now we're at Core. Uh, you know, we're part of the Core, the CoreMedia.info. If you take a look at CoreMedia.info, we, we, uh, we provide uh, a, a physical magazine to people uh, regarding uh -huh. crypto. Uh, you know, which is a great way uh, for people to uh, understand, 
you know, you're sitting in the bathroom, you want to read a magazine, look, look, there's a core media magazine, what's this about? You know, and you start looking into it and you start seeing all the greatest technologies, you know, uh, mm. you know right there in the magazine. You can learn about, uh, you know, different coins and, you know, get involved. Uh, so that, that's, one, that's one branch. That's not me. That's, a, that's another branch yeah. of core. Uh, core. Core is like a tree. We have many different branches. Uh, we have a TV branch coming out very soon. Uh, we're, we're actually interviewing Great. them. We're going to interview them uh, this weekend. So today, uh, to tonight or tomorrow, uh, we have some, uh, you know, some, uh, a couple of girls very interested. Uh, they're they're, they're uh, crypto-minded. Uh, Great. Also, also uh, we have me. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm your radio star. Right, uh, mm-hmm. me, me, and DJ Prince uh, are, are running the show at the moment. Uh, DJ Prince is my DJ, and right. he he edits he edits uh, he ed- edits the shows so they sound beautiful. And uh, he 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 gets very technical. You know, like when when I don't know where to plug something in, I, I go to him. Um, <laughs> I and then uh, about me pers- personally, you're asking. Uh, I'm I'm a network engineer for uh, Verizon uh, during okay. the day. Um, I'm very technical. I uh, I'm uh, I build websites for fun. I have over 50 websites. I mm. uh, and I do radio. You know, aside from gardening and all my holistical practices and health, um, I'm very concerned with health. Uh, I actually do a show on health also. Uh, so yeah, then that's that's basically it in a nutshell. That, that's that's about me. Uh, I talk Italian. I'm from, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, uh, where most Italians end up. And uh, that's about it. Uh, So let's get to some of these questions. Oh, he said, not you. He said, the user interface. <laughs> I thought you guys wanted to hear about me. I was like, wow, wow, they're actually interested in knowing who I am. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you introduced yourself. I think that was well worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so t- tell us about the BlockNet user interface. All right, well, I, I guess on one level, there's, there's nothing novel about it. Um, we want it to look like a typical trading interface. You know, there, there's a buy button on the one side and a sell button on the other side and a couple of choices of what type of order it is and a place where you put the, the number of coins. I mean, order book on the one side, the stuff you're, you're all used to if you've, if you've traded. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, the, the, the back end, of course, is completely different, but the front end really needs to look familiar. Yes, I agree. It needs to be simple. It needs to be a, a very simple GUI uh, graphic user interface. Exactly. Uh, uh, so we have a block cheerleader. Um, I don't know why I envision a hot chick with a, a cheerleader outfit on, but uh, <laughs> are, are, he wants to know, are all, or she, I'm not, not really sure, are all the bugs ironed out about the Xbridge protocol at the moment? Um, the X-Bridge protocol, well, that, that, it's not really, um, there isn't such a thing as an X-Bridge protocol. I mean, there's, there's a coin exchange protocol. Um, there's, you know, the, the, the DHT network and the various protocols that are involved in that thing. There's the, 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 the SPM messaging. 
<laughs> put it this way i'm sure that there's still at least some bugs somewhere because we're still building stuff there's always bugs there's always yeah. bugs. it's a never-ending story yeah uh, he but also uh, maybe second... maybe he meant the exchange and it, whether it works smoothly now and well there, yeah. there was a, there was a second part to it uh, does it work each time or it needs more work still oh all right um well, um, last time I checked, it was reasonably reliable, actually. I'm not seeing, you know, all kinds of issues or something. It, it just seems to work. Yeah, right. Well, that, that answers that. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I haven't used it personally myself, so I can't really comment. Uh, oh, I'd recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have so much time in a day, bro. I mean, I do my radio show. I, I got to water the plants. You know, like by the time I know it, it's yeah. like 10 o'clock at night. And I got to get to sleep because it was work in the morning. You know, but I try yeah. my best. I try to, my best to make this crypto world a, a better place. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Wait until, wait until you basically need to just quickly install something and use it without configuring it manually, which is what you have to do at the moment. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll give you a run through. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. I have some VPSs. Maybe we could uh, utilize that also. All right. Uh, will the cost of, uh, this is Philip Marshall. Uh, will the cost of a node come down to 5,000 at some point? Right now it's over 9,000. Oh, what, what are these nodes about? You guys have full nodes? Um, sorry, what, can you explain the question? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm I asked sure my own it. question afterwards. Uh, what oh, the cost of a node. Right, will it come down at some point, he wants to know? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's not set in stone at the moment. We, we're kind of just, I, I, Dan basically set 10,000 as this kind of nominal figure, but I, I don't really see, I mean, I've, I've seen a few people kind of requesting that it goes down to five that it's a little bit more affordable to people. And um, I mean, I'm amenable. It's, you know, it's absolutely something we can, we can take a look at. There you go, uh, Philip, uh, uh, Filippo. That's, uh, so that, that's a possibility. You never know, you know, make it, make it easier for people to join in. Uh, the next, we have the cheerleader again. When do you expect a full user-friendly, bug-free, complete DEX to come out? with the UI and everything. <laughs> that is not something we are giving out a timeline for. The, the main reason is that the amount of work in this project that has been explorative is, has been considerable. I mean, this is a, a completely new direction to have gone in, in, in crypto. It's something that took a lot of work just to think through clearly, never mind to build. And you know, we tried a lot of approaches. We, we tried a lot of things until we found a, a design that really, really makes sense. And we don't want to, we don't want to put the, 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 the building of it under a whole bunch of time pressure and end up having to cut corners and do a bunch of awkward things just to bring it to market. We, we prefer to build it properly. And I mean, I don't know about you, but yeah. every single developer that I've met doesn't function and, and work creatively and well with like the business end of a, of a, of a, of a company kind of bearing down on him or her. Right. It's, right. A, it's a creative space. You need to, you need to be able to just these do things, the work. These things take time, guys. You can't, you can't rush this. If you want to rush it, then you'll end up with a failed project. Yeah. And I think there's also some, something to be said for, um, 
you know, there are a lot of crypto projects that start out with some really grandiose claims and, and kind of never get there or just get abandoned. And honestly, you wonder sometimes whether they ever even planned on actually building anything. Right, um, right. They just take the coins and run. Yeah, and I think the very short timescales of those projects um, can get people used to stuff getting delivered, you know, in a couple of weeks or something. But actually doing software, actually building something properly, it takes a long time. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's hard yeah. work. It's very in, in technical real, stuff. In a, in, <laughs> a, in, a, in a real business, it, takes, it could take years to perfect, yeah. uh, to perfect any type of solution. Uh, yeah, but, exactly. But uh, let's say Shockstar wants to know, has Dan reached out to the creator of, the other, of other coins to implement in BlockNet for future use? such as Dash, Steam, Syscoin. Actually, can I answer this one for you? Of course. Shockster, uh, as we, we discussed earlier that uh, there's gonna be so many decentralized exchanges at one point that uh, you, uh, you know, solutions like Blocknet aren't gonna need to reach out to these coins. Uh, they're gonna be reaching out to Blocknet because they, everybody's gonna wanna be on the exchanges, right? So, so eventually, if you want to be part of an exchange, they're going to have to reach out to BlockNet and incorporate. So it's really the other way around. Uh, so, you know, once their solution has uh, come to fruition, uh, you will be able, if your coin's on there, it's, it's, not, it's not because Dan has to go and ask them. It's because they, were, they, they didn't come and ask Dan. Am I, am I right? <laughs> I, I agree with you, but I think there's also something to be said for just going around and, and chatting to communities, because it's it's one thing to to you know be able to potentially trade a coin on on a decentralized exchange, but it's another thing for there to be liquidity, and you know, the shortest path to liquidity is just to get an entire community to give it a go and use that instead of some centralized thing where everyone's at risk of you know a hack or fraud or something else. I mean, it just makes sense. So I, you know, I, I have been um, joining various communities and having conversations and just sharing the awareness of, of what this thing is that we're building. And I'm going to keep doing that. And I, you know, people will join when, when they join and we'll, we'll keep on building up general awesome. awareness of what this is. Uh, also, I'm, I'm not really sure what, what this what micro fees are. Can you explain micro fees to the Blocknet holders? Is that kind of like micro payment? Kind of micro payment? Yeah. Um, I I think an easy example of a micro fee is if you send a Bitcoin payment, there's there's always some small amount that that gets paid to miners. Um, you can add you can make that amount whatever you want, but at, at the minimum, it's some very small amount. That's that's a, a micro fee. Just loosely speaking, um, in the case in the, in in the context of the blocknet, um, there will be micro fees for trading. So if you place an order, um, the order is accepted, then um, there will be a, a very small fee charged for that for that trade, and that that small fee will then get distributed to the people who have blocknet uh, who have blocknet wallets running. All right. That sounds cool. Yeah. Okay. Simple can enough. you can you explain the difference between a color coindex, uh, waves, 
waves and the and blocknet one i'm not really sure where he's going with this all uh, right no I, I think i understand um well there, there there are quite a lot of decentralized exchanges that use color coins colored coins so the, the idea is that um a colored coin is basically just using you can do colored coins on bitcoin for example and um all you do is you mark a given a given coin with uh some kind of thing that an application can read so that uh it knows that it isn't just functioning as a coin it's it's as a bitcoin it's functioning as whatever else you want so like a certain amount of you know a certain amount of gold or some other currency you just invented or anything at all um so they run they run as an abstraction layer on top of a cryptocurrency um now the reason people want to use these for decentralized exchanges is that they can create tokens for every cryptocurrency out there and then build an app that allows you to trade the tokens for other tokens um it's quite an easy way to do it but the the, the drawback of using this approach is that all the tokens are centrally issued i mean when you create a colored coin you personally release those tokens to the world and so that just means that everybody trading has to trust you a third party with um with those tokens to make sure that you know that you're going to play fair and you're not going to do some sneaky things like giving yourself free money or anything else um so in other words to put it simply every decentralized exchange that uses colored coins requires centralized issuance of tokens and by extension is going to require centralized deposits of the underlying token of value like say bitcoin if you're building a colored coin on top of bitcoin and um well it's it, just not decentralized enough basically in my right. opinion well if, if you create a color coin on on bitcoin uh from what i understand it, the that coin that you create that colored coin has the value of bitcoin uh so so what what the point is of the color coin is that uh you want to add value more value than the bitcoin itself by implementing your own innovative idea behind that colored coin which would give it value right well uh, in yes in a sense except that you know you, you can um you can be sending like every every colored coin transaction is also a bitcoin transaction but the underlying value in bitcoin of each transaction could be 0.0001 or something it's a, a tiny amount um but at the same time each transaction could be representing $100,000 here and $200,000 there i mean it, it, the value the, the the actual value on the colored coin layer is completely independent of the value on the bitcoin layer Oh so it's not backed by uh, the the bitcoin not at all. Oh all right. Uh, you, you know what it's been a long time. I mean I think it's been over a year. We we have the interview still in our archive if you go to uh, the sound, our SoundCloud uh oh, yeah. yeah and uh we we interviewed Flavian Charlin. He's the he's the he's the creator of colored coins. All right. So he By the he, way I'm actually using the word colored coins in a generic sense. I mean for right, example right. Om- omni or mastercoin are are doing the same thing and it's it's well coded counterparty as far as i can tell are kind of doing the same thing as well um there the uh the nxt assets are all just colored coins horizon assets are the same thing um 
I think Waves is, is doing colored coins. I'm not especially familiar with the project, but as far as I can tell, it's mostly just colored coins that they're, that they're doing. They're just doing it in a business-friendly way. Um, so, which, is, which is to say, in general, colored coins are an incredible idea. When I discovered MasterCoin in, what is it, 2012 or something, I was blown away. It completely broadened my horizons. And they're here to stay. It's a technology that people are going to keep using because it, it works. Um, but I still think that when it comes to the, de the design of a decentralized exchange, they are not suitable because they necessarily centralize your token issuance. And that's no good because then it's not really decentralized. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That, and it, that's, we don't want anything centralized. That's, that's, the, that's what we're trying to give her away from. Uh, Absolutely. So I have, uh, I don't know what... Uh, I don't know what this is. Two chains, Tau chains. What do you think of Tau chains, and when will it be out? How will it benefit uh, Blocknet? Tau chains. Well, I guess um, there there have been very few things in crypto that have completely blown my mind, and Tau chains is the the most recent thing. I mean, the first thing that blew my mind was Bitcoin. I, I read Satoshi's white paper. It was one of the first things I did, having discovered Bitcoin, and it was amazing. A beautiful piece of writing, extremely clear, very rigorous, and just a complete stroke of genius. The second thing was Mastercoin, now known as Omni. The third thing was Ethereum. And well, after Ethereum, the, the next thing that really expanded my world is Tarchain. Um, maybe the easiest way to approach what Tarchain is, is to think of Ethereum. All right, if you start with Ethereum, it's, it's, it's this idea that you can create contracts of arbitrary complexity with you know, certain real world limits, but you can, you, can write, you can express anything in its scripting language. And so in principle, you could take all the rules of an entire organization and just put that on Ethereum's blockchain. Now, the thing is with Ethereum, which is what the whole crypto world has discovered recently is that it's really hard to tell whether a contract is actually secure or not. I mean, with the, the DAO or the DAO, people thought it was secure for a while and then someone completely drained it and all hell broke loose and Ethereum ended up hard forking and now we've got this whole complicated situation that we have today. Now, right. there's actually a really deep mathematical principle going on here. As soon as you have Turing completeness, which just means the ability to kind of express anything, um, then you also have a property called undecidability. Um, it basically means that you actually can't decide what the outcome of something is going to be. It's just not even theoretically possible to do that, which means it's definitely not practically possible. So let's say um, like the outcome of a certain, certain operation could be a one or a zero. Um, if it's an undecidable case, then it might be the case that if you get a zero, then, well, that also means that it could be one or zero. And if you get another zero, then it could be one or zero again. And you just get in this kind of endless recursion of right. undecidability. Now, what Taochain does is it preserves decidability and then it builds up to the kind of expressive power that Turing Completus gives you. Um, by just doing, you know, computations per block again and again and again, and you build up to pretty much any outcome you want. 
um, but then it still preserves decidability. So at any point, and before you even deploy a contract even, you can prove exactly what the outcomes are. You can completely define the entire space in which that contract operates. And so every interaction is mapped out. And that makes it firstly very secure, but it also does interesting things. Like you can prove that it's bug free. You can prove that it's, you can prove that it is immune to malware. I mean, this, this sort of security first approach is something that I'm finding extremely refreshing in the wake of the the DAO and everything going to hell on, on Ethereum. Right. And I think, um, I think when it comes to security, Tarchain is amazing. Um, but it's, it's actually a much broader approach. I've, I've approached it in terms of why it has a use case because of what Ethereum didn't do. Um, but it does a lot of other stuff. It, it's, it's, it's actually, <laughs> this sounds crazy, but it actually, it's actually an auto-reasoner. Um, so the program itself can learn and it does that through first order logic. I think more recently it's actually going to use second order logic too, but basically the program itself can figure out certain things by getting information from one context and some of the information in another context and performing deductive rules so that it comes to its own conclusions. And by doing that, it kind of builds up knowledge. And because it's, it can store things on a blockchain, it kind of builds up knowledge immutably. It's, it's really quite, oh. quite amazing. It's like artificial intelligence. Yeah, pretty much. That's awesome. Artificial Ooh. intelligence on a blockchain. I'd it's, really recommend looking at, looking at it. It's, it's incredible stuff. And the two people who are leading the project are just formidably talented. Hey, you know, it's, security is also a, a sector that uh, we haven't seen a lot, uh, you know, a lot of people stress enough. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, who, who runs Tau, Tau Chain? Is that a coin? Is that something that's traded? Um, they're still doing a crowd sale at the moment. Uh, um, the chain itself hasn't launched. They, uh, there are two people. One, one guy is in Israel and his name is Ohad. And the other guy is anonymous. And I'm just trying to remember his, his pseudonym. It's um, Hunter Minor Crafter, something like that. Oh, may, maybe in the future we could get them and you on at the same time. <laughs> I think I'll mostly just sit quietly and listen to them. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, you have a lot of ideas. I, I certainly have a lot of ideas, but um, yeah, I, I, I pretty much read everything that they write and just keep on absorbing information. It's, it's, it's great for me because I have a background in, in analytical philosophy and I did a bit of logic. Um, so two people like that who have done a whole lot of mathematics and logic and are also great coders. It's, it's fantastic right. to, be, to, to be in that, in that environment. Right. Well, when it comes to coders, it's either you're really good at logic or you're really good at math. But when you're good at both, then you're really good, you're a really good coder. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They're <laughs> just the kinds of people I'd want to build the perfect blockchain. Awesome. Uh, we have uh, a shockster here. He's asking if running a node, uh, if running a node, will the token stake in the wallet at the same time? Um, to be honest, I have. No idea. Uh, <laughs> running in a node. I'm trying to understand well, it also. The thing is, if, if you're if you're running a node, it's it's it is a wallet, and so if you have tokens in there, they're 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 going to be you know your your wallet's going to be processing blocks, and and if it if it you know if it's the winning 
block processor, then well, you get some stake reward, right? I mean, that's that's going to keep going, unless I misunderstood the question or something. I, I think that's what he means. I think you know, if you hold your uh, your coins inside a running node, uh, you know, will it stake as well as j just like a, a wallet? Uh, yeah, uh, it'll like it is a wallet, coin. so it'll just it'll just stake as per usual. Gotcha. You know, they, they, that's that's your answer, Shaxter. Uh, I'd I'd watch out though, uh, Arlen. I, I think I think Block Cheerleader has a thing for you. Uh, <laughs> she, she's she. I think she is uh, saying you have a very sexy voice. Oh man, uh, Block Cheerleader. Just, be, be I never careful. would have thought. Yeah, be careful, all right? Just you, you don't know. You don't know. I will tread carefully. <laughs> you, you might find a surprise. You know, you never know. Uh, <laughs> We, we have moving blocks. He's got a really cool graphic. Uh, he says, a friend of mine wants his Bitcoin at the moment to be block, Blocknet enabled. Will this be a walk in the park to do? Hmm, that's, a, that's a really interesting idea. So I'm, I'm thinking, say, um, I think he means an ATM, um, Bitcoin ATMs. So if you uh, oh whoops. if you if you want to deposit or withdraw Bitcoin from an ATM, um, then in principle you could you could you know trade it for whatever other wallets the the ATM is running at the time, and that'll just connect to um, to our network and take whatever orders are, are out there. Uh, that's that's absolutely doable. I mean, I, now that I think about it, an ATM is is an ideal device to 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 be on the blocknet because they run all the time they don't really shut down do they and uh oh, they're yeah, already they... running a bunch of wallets they can just they can just run our stuff and um you know that our, our our application can connect to the apis of each wallet and go for it I and mean, that could be that could be fantastic yeah that, that's actually uh that's actually easy not not that difficult to do from what i i, I remember vericoin wanted to do that and and uh, never really, never. I think maybe they did one or two, but uh, the machines themselves they cost like a thousand dollars. But once you have it, yeah. you know, you could you could customize it any way you like. They they have these like uh, open, open source I guess, uh, ATMs you could you could buy and customize it however yeah. you like. As long as you keep filling it up, you know, it'll always uh, it'll always put out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I mean if it's an ATM that has deposits enabled, I mean that's that's a really interesting idea. I think it's fantastic. You know, you you deposit some dollars or some bitcoins or something into the ATM. It counts the money if it's if it's actual physical money and goes and buys you whatever you want on the decentralized exchange and returns it in a completely peer-to-peer -peer manner. I mean, that's fantastic. Imagine not having to um, you know, connect to some centralized exchange and you know, have to run an account of your own on the exchange and um, get API keys for that, and you know, connect over the the, the, the wild, dangerous internet and hope like hell no one kind of gets your keys and drains your account. I mean, much better to just use the a decentralized exchange for that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have ATMs though when you walk in a store, you know, and. You know, it, yeah. it's a you know, it's, it's an it's a it's a concept that's not very new, but it works. You know, I'm always at the ATM myself when I need cash. You know, when I go there for uh, you know exchanging uh, blockchain information. 
You know, I'm not talking about just going for cash. Having an ATM that exchanges information, you know. Uh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> uh, you know, have an ATM that ex exchanges information. Oh, you know, I, I need to know this. I need I, I need uh, information on this account. You know, uh, you know, you put in your coin mm -hmm. and it'll send you information. Uh, you know, maybe directly to your phone you know, because ATM is now. That's very interesting. I come up with great uh, ideas all the time. I just don't understand why I'm still broke. <laughs> do you think? Um, do you think that's something that? Um, people would need even if they have smartphones that can already give them a lot of information. Yeah, yeah, but I, I bet if it's like a proprietary information, you know, it's sort of like, a, uh, you know, maybe content type information. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I tell you what, I mean, um, going into the future, the, the, the Blocknet's decentralized exchange is going to need to start working over um, an SPV multi-wallet, um, basically a, uh, like a light, a bunch of kind of light wallets um, yes. that all are rigged together into one app. Yeah. Um, and you know, in those situations, it's 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 interesting to think through how an ATM might might work with those because an ATM being an ATM could run a bunch of full nodes. Um, and there are obviously security advantages to that, but maybe maybe it might be useful to think through how that could interface with a like a, a multi wallet on your mobile device. And I don't know, I haven't I haven't thought this through, but definitely worth yeah. paying attention to. Either way, though, the exchange will will need to work on its own with with a multi wallet because i mean the the amount of friction we would remove by by building that would be enormous imagine being able to trade very quickly with all kinds of currencies without having to download the entire blockchain it's yes. absolutely a win actually so actually if you if you listen to my last interview that i think that was the idea uh waves oh, yeah. Wa waves was just on earlier today and uh he, that's that's the same idea uh listen maybe you guys could could uh you know congregate you know uh, come up yeah. you know you know work, work you know I, I i would be more than happy if all these competitive competing coins would stop competing uh, because mm -hmm. it's not it's not a competition uh it's only competition if you're an investor you know but if you're <laughs> not an investor you know it, there's no reason to compete with each other because if everybody put their heads together in the same room, I believe we could accomplish in a lot. Yeah. We could be, you know, 10 years forward right now if everybody would yeah. stop competing <laughs> and just put them themselves in the same room and everybody could work together. Kind of like open source Linux, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all for collaboration. I think it's, it's extremely valuable. I mean, that's funnily enough one of the reasons why um i was energized to 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 start the blocknet in the beginning because it's um it's something that involves interoperability and if you want to be interoperable you work with other people you make solutions that are you know linking projects together and i, I you know coming from where i was before the blocknet i really was also just so tired of like needless competition competition that didn't achieve anything good it just you know, made people troll each other. Exactly, and that's that's the problem. They, they, they you know, oh, yours is mine, your mind is yours, and uh, who cares? No, nobody cares. You, you yeah. think that guy on Facebook that that's going to college today gives cares if so? You know, if, if somebody if somebody uh, you know 
wrote a code that looks like yours or you know, nobody cares you know you're, you're wasting you're wasting your breath because nobody cares uh, it's yeah, it's, it's, actually, it's doing you know, no good it's doing no good to the crypto the crypto world uh, you just yeah and when it comes down to it's like 99% of the people in crypto all want the same things we all we all I have similar hopes for certain technologies to to come into into the world and I mean it'd be nice if if we could kind of all get together and just build something wonderful and you know all the all the the, the combined abilities and know-how is formidable but if they're continually kind of divided and in competition it's it's just so much more expensive yeah yeah we should have some type of think tank slack or you know where everybody mm-hmm. gets involved you know not have separate slacks because you know i've i've even seen this in the past you know where oh you know we're moving to our own slack why why everybody's here why would you go and, and separate yourself from the crowd <laughs> it makes no sense to me but that's just well, my i can opinion. tell you what i mean i agree and i would i would much prefer a large vibrant community yeah, where yeah. everyone works together a community the thing is 50,000 people why not yeah well i mean the thing is you know it, unfortunately bitcoin talk used to be a great environment and they were and they still are archives of all kinds of great conversations i mean when i was researching decentralized exchange protocols most of what i got was straight off bitcoin talk there are a couple other sources but there's a lot of information on there um i mean i it used to be great, but it got extremely toxic about maybe three years ago. Um, oh, yeah. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And it, it, it becomes impossible to do anything oh, yes. when, that, that, when you're in that were, environment. Those were the days when the investors started coming in and uh, hammering. They used to hammer technologies with bad news or exactly. you know, with, with doubt. They would, they, would, they would, you know, inject FUD into the... the into the feed yeah and, and you know yeah. people would start selling and, they, and they're over there like oh thank you thank you i'll collect some more collect some more yeah yeah and then, then, then scoot po- tactics exactly that's so, what it's called <laughs> unbelievable so I, yeah the thing is you know it's 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 kind of it's not nice to watch from the outside but when you're when it's your project and you've kind of sunk hours and hours and it made it your major commitment it's absolutely destructive to your person it's kind of it breaks you emotionally to have to deal with that i mean it's it's a little bit hard to to express that unless you've experienced it yourself but i mean oh i've, I've it, experienced it i know me. what you're saying yeah oh trust me i know you know i've i've had somebody tell me oh your your radio show is not professional i mean dude you know i, I do this on my spare time it's not, it's not like this is my main job you know I, this, this isn't no. paying my bills you know i, I I, I do this for fun. This is this is my relaxing time, honestly. Uh, this is yeah. what I like to do. You know, so so it's you know when when people tell you negative stuff, you know, you, it, it, you just got to take it with a grain of salt and shrug shrug it off. You know, try not to curse them out like I do. You know, because I. Yeah, I mind a little bit of criticism. That stuff's always going to happen. And if if you have a public project, like I, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's it's a difference between you know the usual amount of public criticism, which is benign and 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 endurable, and a massive smear campaign that that goes on for months yep. and doesn't go away and grinds you in the dirt and where you can't spend any time doing anything else than just dealing with 
this awfulness that's that's going on and, and trying to destroy your project and yeah. it, it it doesn't just feel like it's destroying your project it feels like it's it's completely exhausting you and you have right. no emotional resources and you can't you feel kind of powerless because there are you know i don't know how many people all kind of having a go and spreading all kinds of craziness on the internet and the best you can do is just not sleep and keep trying to deal with whatever's going on yeah no i, I would, you get, I would, you get I would ignore it you gotta ignore it that's what i do you know what i do i remove myself from that environment that's what i do i you know if, if it's a slack that it's happening on i i just leave the slack completely i don't i want nothing to do with it uh yeah i i i i completely separate negative from my world anything negative has to go Oh, uh, you know, I've done, I, I've done that with ex-girlfriends. You know, it's it's definitely <laughs> something. You know what? You don't want to live with 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 that negativity in your world. You always want positive people around you. That's it's the most important thing you have to do in life is to fill yourself yeah. with positivity. Uh, yeah. Is it, I have a question here. Is the Blocknet uh, from Philip Marshall? Is the Blocknet book still coming out? Oh, interesting question. Yes. Um. Well, we, we were approached by a writer, um, Chris Thompson, and um, I haven't heard from him for the last four weeks. I, I should actually um, actually just ping him and, and see what he's up to. Um, he wanted to write a book on the first, well, the story so far, I guess, of the Blocknet. Uh, he's, he's written a number of other books published on Amazon about various cryptocurrencies. I've seen and those. He's interested in, I in telling our story. Them. Yeah, I've seen yeah. him actually. Hey, he's good. You should, yeah, he, it'd be cool he, to have a. He's doing it on everybody. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I need to, I need to send him a message and see what, what the deal is there. He has um, Peer Coin. I think I saw Peer Coin on there also. Yeah, no, that would be that would be nice. Um, well, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> it's yeah, no, definitely that's... something that I should I should just you know check up on. Uh, it's, it's it's also very very lucrative. He's doing a great job. If he continues, you know, creating uh, books on Amazon, he's gonna he's gonna do very well. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Smurf has joined the he he joined he joined us on on the chat. Uh, Bitswift Dev, right? I hope one day I could Again. interview you on on Bitswift. Uh, I'd be very interested in learning how Bitswift works and what it's about, and introducing you to. Uh, my 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 community that's been following me for a long time. Is he here? He's well. He's not in the channel, but he's typing at the moment. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's anonymous. You know, there's some people that that are, like to keep themselves anonymous. Oh no, he's he's not anonymous. He's he's been public for a long time. Um, you know, he his approach has always been about having you know an actual registered business in 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 Canada and providing kind of like realistic business services to, to, you know, other businesses yeah, um, using, using BitSwift. It's, it's all about bringing your business to the blockchain. I mean, we all do yeah. something, we all do something, you know, whether it's selling shoes or running a large corporation, you know, bringing blockchain into the world, into your world is, is a wonderful thing. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, on that note, we're going to, uh, we're, we're going to end it here. We've been going for an hour and a half. We don't want to make it too oh, tedious. That was quick. <laughs> it's quick. It's quick when it's fun. It's quick when it's fun, my my friend. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. It's been great. It's been really nice to chat. I'm, I'm going to, uh, on this note, uh, everybody, 
I'm really, I'm really happy you joined us, and uh, I, I would, I would, I would advise you to look into uh, Blocknet because from what you've heard so far, uh, there's a lot of people that beat down on technologies, but you know what? On in the end, they're still here, all right. And all those technologies you thought were going to be great, where are they now? So you you need to you need to look at the people that stick with their guns that that stay on the trail uh, on the trail they stay they keep the train on the tracks all right uh you know it, it, when when they when they go into a bar they're leaving with a phone number all right they they get maybe multiple <laughs> phone numbers right they they getting the job done so you guys you guys got to keep that in mind uh this is Lutz and uh, Arlen from Blocknet, I, I'm very happy you came, and uh, I, I'm look, I look forward to conti- continuing uh, following you guys. And, uh, Thank you. I, I, hope, I hope to hear from you more often. Absolutely. With, with, with more updates. I know, I know development is slow, but don't worry, Boots isn't going anywhere. <laughs> well, neither are we. We'll be around. Um, final thing. We are very happy to have anyone come in and try out the decentralized exchange. We have how-tos, uh, join the Slack, get involved, we're around, and get going with something that is, in my opinion, the, the most secure way to trade. Yes, and if you have ideas, if you, if you run a coin, if uh, you have a blockchain technology you want to you, you partner up with, that's the best thing you could do. Uh, find somebody else that has similar goals, partner up together so that your goals could, be, to, could come to fruition. Uh, instead of just you know sitting, you know laying around getting worked on for years, and so it, it's good to work together, people. Yeah. Uh, we, we we don't want we don't want this separation of slacks, and we, we we need to work together. Aspect of your life could be better if if you stop centralizing it and and and, and learn how to decentralize it for for your own benefit. All right, Arlen. Uh, I'm well said. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, Encore. Encore. <laughs> well, Lutz, thanks very much. Uh, have a great afternoon. Is it afternoon where you are? Yeah, yeah, three, almost four o'clock. I gotta go, I gotta go hang out with the chick now. Nice, well, it's almost 10 p.m. here, so I'm gonna have myself a whiskey and then get to bed. <laughs> oh, whiskey, man. All right. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. And uh, this is Lutz coming to you live, I'm trying to bring you the best I can all the time. And I am signing out. Love you all. Bye.